Chapter 12 of Eliza by Barry Payne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Boydell. Chapter 12 The Day Off. On the occasion of the marriage of our junior partner to Ethel Mary, all and surviving daughter of William Hubblestead, Esquire, J.P. of Banlingbury, by the canon of Blockminster, assisted by the Reverend Eugene Hubblestead, cousin of the bride, on this occasion the office was closed for the whole of one day, and the staff had a holiday without deduction of salary. The staff had presented six silver, hallmarked nutcrackers, and a handsomely bound volume of Cowper's poetical works. The latter was my own suggestion. There was a sum of eight shillings over after the purchase of the nutcrackers, and I have always had a partiality for Cowper. The junior partner thanked us personally, and in very warm terms at the same time he announced that the following Thursday was to be treated as a holiday. The weather was glorious, and I have never had a more enjoyable day. The girl laid breakfast overnight, and we rose at half-past five. By half-past six, Eliza had cut some mutton sandwiches and placed them in a basket with a bottle of milk, the milkman having obliged with a specially early call by appointment. A brief journey by train, and by quarter-past seven we were at Danstow for our day off in the country. Danstow is a picturesque little village and looked beautiful in the hot sunlight. I was wearing a fairly new summer suit with brown boots. As I remarked to Eliza, it would probably have created a feeling of surprise among the villagers if they had learned that, as a rule, my professional duties took me to the city in the morning. Eliza said, All right, what do we do here? Why, I said, there's an old church. We mustn't miss that. We went and examined the old church. Then we went twice up and down the village street and examined that. Well, said Eliza, what next? No, I replied, we just stroll about and amuse ourselves. I feel particularly light-hearted. That's breakfast in at six, that is, said Eliza. If you could find a quiet place, we might have a sandwich. We went a little way along the road, and I espied a field which seemed to me to look likely. I said to a passer-by, I am a stranger here. Can you tell me whether there would be any objection to our sitting in that field? He said, in rather an offensive and sarcastic way, that he believed the field was open for sitting in about that hour. I did not give him any reply, but just opened the gate for Eliza. We sat down under the hedge and finished our sandwiches and milk. The church clock struck nine. "'What train do we go back by?' asked Eliza. "'Not until half-past nine tonight. There's a day for you.' Twelve hours and a half, said Eliza, and we've done the sandwiches, and done the milk, and done the church, and there's nothing else to do. Except amuse ourselves, I added, as I took off my boots, which had pained me slightly. I then dozed off. Eliza woke me to say that she'd read all the newspapers the sandwiches were wrapped in, and picked some wild flowers, and the flowers had died, and she wanted to know what the time was. It was just past eleven. She said, Oh, law! I soon dropped off again. When I woke at half-past twelve, Eliza was not there. She returned in a few minutes, and said that she had been doing the church over again. 
That was hardly necessary, I observed. Oh, one must do something, and there's nothing else to do. On the contrary, there's luncheon. We'll have that at once, so as to give us a good long afternoon. The afternoon will be long enough, she said. If I had not known that she was having a day's enjoyment, I should have thought that she seemed rather dejected in her manner. The luncheon at the village inn was not expensive. Eliza said that their idea of chops was not her idea, but all the same she seemed inclined to spin the thing out and make it last as long as possible. I deprecated this, as I felt I could not very well take my boots off again until I had returned to the field. Very well, then, she said, only let's go back slowly. As slowly as you like, I replied. It's the right boot, principally, but I prefer to walk slowly. When we had resumed our old position under the hedge, and I had removed my boots, I said, Now then, I think I've earned a pipe and a short nap. You amuse yourself in any way you like. Do what with myself, she asked rather sharply. She walked twice round the field, and then I fell off to sleep. It turned out afterwards that she also did the picturesque old church for the third time, and went over a house that was to let, refusing to take it on the grounds that there was no bathroom. This was rather dishonest, as she would not have taken it if there had been a bathroom, or even two bathrooms. I would not do that kind of thing myself. I awoke about tea-time. The charge for tea at the inn was very moderate, though Eliza said that there was tea which was tea, and tea which was an insult. Eliza found that there was a train back at half-past six, and said she was going by it, whether I did or not, because it was a pity to have too much of a good thing, and she hadn't the face to ask for the keys of that church again. I accompanied her. I fancy that the brown leather is liable to shrink in the sun, and I was not unwilling to get back to my slippers and stretch myself out on the sofa. There is nothing like a long day in the country, Quite apart from the enjoyment, you feel that it is doing you so much good. I am sorry that Eliza did not seem to enter into the spirit of the thing more. End of chapter 12